Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of a fictional world, breaking it down and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas that you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, nerd goblin, just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Ethan. I'm Kyle. And on this episode, we will be discussing magical cities, cities run by wizards, those magical ilk. What if Hogwarts expanded beyond a single school? And this is a suggestion uh, from Reddit. Uh, so shout out. very first Reddit suggestion, right? Shout out to the Good World Building podcast, or uh, subreddit, and uh, specifically Ukrainian Groove Metal is the, is the user. So shout out to you. But anyway. Speaking of metal with grooves in it, what wizards. if you had streets that were covered with magical runes to keep them warm during winter so that you never had to worry about snowplows? I'm thinking now, like, immediately of Singapore, and they're, like, very intense you can't mess with streets like no you can't chew gum you can't spit any of those things yeah. but you basically just make it like oh you can do whatever you want because there's runes on the street that the second there's any dirt on right. the street it's immediately cleaned off yep. it's just like prestidigitation the whole city right. so the streets are immaculate and they're constantly being repaired and they're just like pristine at all times would that mean that you have to wear magical shoes everywhere like what if you tripped and fell would you get burned would you no i don't think so you could i mean because you i'm thinking of the floor of the of the prison in andor i'm thinking that it's more of like it's um contained to this concrete or the brick or the stone whatever like yeah that is affected by the these runes but not like addition so if you like Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You see, right? Like, this seems like it might it could be a hand wave scenario. It uh, might be. I, I would hand wave it because I'd be like, that's too complicated. I mean, look, if we can theoretically program cars to not hit people, we no one's done it yet, but we're getting there. Um, what if we, you know, maybe there are some, there's some very specific runic scribe that if you angle one line at a specific uh, direction, you, it won't affect humans. Yeah, maybe. And that's it. What else do you do with the streets specifically? I think that that's cool. Like, yeah, I think you could do streets that, like, um, depending on where you're going. So if, if if the city, like, can read your thoughts. If these uh. wizards have programmed it so that it's, like, if you step on the street and you're, wherever you're walking, it knows your intention of where you're going. Yeah. And it will, like, almost, like, uh, the streets will separate. And so you'll be, like, on, like, what looks like an identical street. But then it's it's angling and going a different direction than everybody else's. It's kind of like if you had, like, a subway system yeah. that was... Uh, each time you got on a like got on a train, it would just take you directly to where you're going, and you wouldn't see anybody else going anywhere else, unless they were going to where you're going, or in that general direction where it's like, but it all looks identical, so it like fucks with your brain. I'm sort of like the um, the Futurama tubes. Maybe, yeah. I don't really remember Futurama. I haven't watched it in, in probably 15 years. Yeah, but yeah, similar to that, something like, like that, maybe. Almost like a teleportation esque, but you, but you end up in like a. Because it could be a road, it could also be like a tunnel. Yeah. Like in, in a lot of my world building, I because I have you know have a city management, urban design uh, bent in me. I'll be like, I'll, I, I'm always like, what is the the transit routes? Yeah. Because I don't want it to be like the, the streets are full of like horses and no. buggies and like roads with a lot of traffic. So I'm like, all right. Well, I, you I'm could, all... and if you and sorry to interrupt, but if you did want to do that and just for the vibe for the aesthetic. Griffins, yeah, you dragons, like have it be whatever you want. That's fine. Maybe everyone's got a pet unicorn. It True. doesn't matter. Like you can just do that and that'd be great. Yeah. But I always am like, 
make under make an underground tunnel yeah. system like a modern metro in a in a city yeah. and then how do they get around in that depends on the magic and i guess if it's wizards they could just make it that you enter there and then it's like a uh, mag trains and like um the hyper boring tunnels or whatever and yeah. you just enter and you float and then you just get yeah, sent yeah. because it's got like some sort of flying magic in it so it's, it's like if you got on a broom in harry potter yeah uh, but there's no broom you just kind of go flying through this tunnel and then you end up wherever you're going the the mail system in like you know a, like a skyscraper where, oh, where yeah, they put yeah, the tube yeah. in the in and, the um and the suction and then yeah like it's like the pressure or something and they just like hydraulics and they just fling it around but it's just people doing that sure but freewheeling they're just you just walk in and all of a sudden you just get taken off by the wind why wouldn't people just be flying because everywhere <laughs> because the wizards can only do these runes and like make this happen in a contained area so here's an important question when we're designing a city like this and that you should think of when you're doing your own world building just because it's a city run by and designed by wizards, is everyone in the city a wizard? I think no. Right. I think it's way more interesting if it's like wizard class, uh, not like uh, really. What if but what like, if Harry Potter wizard? All that argument about like yes, they should run the world, and it's like well, what if they decided to? Yeah. Um. I, I think it's also. Uh, I think Brennan Lee Mulligan made the point. He was like, they probably do run the world. They're the Illuminati. Yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. they're hiding or whatever. Um. There's a ton of opportunity. So I'm still stuck on public transportation. Frankly, I think like public transit is really fun. So one of my favorites um, that I've seen is in the uh, when they get to Bossing Say in Avatar: The Last Airbender in season two. Mm-hmm. You see, they have these giant trains. They're just cinder blocks, though. They're they're all carved out of stone, and they're pushed by earthbenders behind them. And the earthbenders themselves move them around the city. I thought that was really cool, really elegant. Just of, of linking a magic system of a world with fixing a common problem like urban transportation. Yeah. Okay. Or public transportation. It was just so. Yeah. You know, I, if you have, let's say, for example, do you have fire mages that are behind public transports, you know, just kind of like standing back and then they and just use their fire magic to create jets. Yeah. And kind of Batmobile style push it around. I'm. Some noodles that are very similar to what happened in Bossing Say. Uh, we love druids here, so let's talk about druids. Druids are a type of nature. Um, I'm thinking of like if it's um, again, it has to be like, like a pretty separate section, so like a railroad track or something. But sit on like a little stool or something yeah. that is uh, has like a bunch of vines on it, and they the the druids just like cast a little spell, and the vines just start growing infinitely and very quickly. So you just start being like propelled on like a stool that is being pushed by a bunch of vines uh, and it can go in like 360 degrees. So you can, you can just like float it up and go over a building and like land where you're going to go. And then the vines will just pull all the way back. Let me, I love that. Let me put some sauce on those yeah. though. What if you had a druidic city built into, we also love giant trees on this show, built into a giant tree where you got around, not so much by Tarzan swinging like mm-hmm. through the air, but you just had, branches and leaves and and uh and vines hanging down and you got on one and you because you're a druid could communicate with the tree and tell it where where you wanted to go and it would swing you through the air yeah sort of like you know those amusement park rides where they're the 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 seats on chains and they spin you around and you those go terrify me who the hell gets on that ride i do you're insane but that's For a many cool reasons, idea yes i'm now thinking okay so i have the idea of the living 
city like a tree is a living creature yeah taking the disc world idea of like a giant creature that you're that the world's on the city is uh on a giant creature mm. and that's cool so let's say um, it's like um a giant octopus or something but it's like upside down and if you like and so like this he's like on like the tent upside down but, uh, the poor uh, thing no i'll tell you why uh, it's, it, it's not like in a bad way it's like but it's like gravity or something so that you're like you exist on the uh the tendrils like the society's on the tendrils but then uh it's irrelevant in this situation but like you go so if like if you're in the center of the city you like drop into its mouth and and it like and you communicate basically where you want to go and it will like just pop you out on one of the tendrils where you're where you're trying to go so it'll just like put you through its bloodstream i was thinking more poop shoot it could be poop shoot literal poop shoot yeah it could be poop shoot or it could be it, like you could you can massage what the creature is to make it while fit. you're being massaged by the creature yeah uh but so you, you you can change it to be what you want but i like the idea of just you go into a creature that then just delivers you to part of its body where it wants you to be that's or where you want to be super fun yeah yeah but also that. but also like you could just have like uh, i got nothing i got no no sauce no nothing that's but, great but you could just put it on you could put a city on anything if you're just being magical clouds are an obvious option mm-hmm. i feel like that's a little done but there's a lot of cool things in there and mostly it's just how the fuck do you exist on a cloud how do you oh, know, but, how, how do you know but there's also like we are you know we like to reject tropes on this podcast just as a way of spurring creativity and you know giving ourselves a phrase of mind uh, a, a different frame of mind but nothing wrong with doing something just for the vibes right like yeah. love a cloud city and nothing wrong with that if that's where you want to go and then you got to figure out hey are these water mages that make their own clouds that they can fly around Ooh, on and on. they can mess with the density of it yeah, so that it's totally. no longer so light you fall through yeah it's dense enough that you can walk on it or like it's can... it's 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 a disc of ice supported by a cloud and you you kind of move through the, the cloud's cloud. just there for the aesthetic of it yeah it, or it's like to make people think that, that there's guardrails because like all but... mages are extra by design so definitely yeah. they're gonna do things just for the vibe yeah i like the idea though that it's like the idea that it, it, it's like a faux guardrail it's that the city like if you are at the edge of the city you will fall off there's nothing stopping you from falling off but they've made this cloud look like it's kind of like the edge of it so that people will maybe stay away because they don't but if you you could just walk through the cloud and just fall off perfect and and you still get that cloud aesthetic while doing something different yeah you could just go through all the the four elements and just build a city that way and those uh, and i don't think we need to get too far in that i want to get back to like a more grounded city Mm. that is run by wizards that's built by the wizards and it's like the architecture has got to be cool yeah or because assuming there's a limited number of wizards with limited time energy resources they're only going to build a certain amount of, of there's the still city. material component cost to magic so yeah and and just time constraints and mm. and also maybe desire constraints because maybe it's that if you're not a wizard you can't you can't really live in these certain buildings because they're really only built for wizards because you need the magic to get around them so you could be building architecture uh, yeah, yeah. that is like predicated on you being able to like move the stairwell. Like yeah. imagine if the Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts staircases in like a normal house. Yeah. But like you needed to be a wizard to tell to be like, please move the stairs so I can get up. Right. And if you're just a normal guy, you're screwed and you can't get home. Or, or like a wizard tower that has no stairs or elevators because yeah. it assumes, you know, flight is the first thing that you learn in order to gain access to this wizard school. Exactly. And everything is just built on towers, so, but you have to fly from cl- floor to floor, level to level. So you, Okay, so what if you, uh, you, make the, you could do the, the buildings themselves float? So the wizards just built a layer above 
the rest of the city. So they're like floating above Dicks. the normal city and they're blocking out the sun. And and maybe they're trying to do it in like the most constrained way possible, but they're like, we don't have any more room and we need a little bit more space for ourselves. So we're just going to go above everybody because the city is like growing and we need to just move our city up up on top. And we'll try to spread out so that we don't block too much sun, or we'll we'll position ourselves over buildings that don't doesn't really matter. We'll, we'll or put they ourselves don't over give a, a shit, and they block it off anyway. And then you've got a, you've got the magical version of our of uh, Zon and Piltover. Yeah, well, which is already magical, uh, to be fair. No, 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 but it, but a, a a higher magic version yeah. of our of our Zon and Piltover. I'm now singing uh, Creed's higher. <laughs> I listened to a couple of Creed songs this weekend, and I was like, they kind of slap. To a place where light shines in. We might have to cut that. Or we should keep it in. I don't, I don't know that the people want to hear that. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Yeah. No, I don't know. Anyway. Can um, you fuck you? But, so, yeah, like, shit. so, I mean, you, because you can make the, the wizards that run this city evil or good or both. Indifferent. Yeah, just indifferent, where they're just... The city exists, and they're like, oh, well, we want to make sure that you guys, like, can function and flourish, but we don't really care beyond that. Like, just keeping things moving, just so that the, the, it's not a thorn in their side, but they're not really, like, interested in good governance. They're just like, does that work? Okay, we're, we're moving on. We're not going to talk another second about it than we need to. Now that I'm finally playing Mass Effect 2, it reminds me of the council actively trying to make space for humans, uh-huh. where humans have a lot of grit and determination but they have no high intelligence they have no um they don't have any special skills yeah really they're just aside from Liam Neeson they don't have special skills right exactly so is the governing council is is that sort of a similar vibe where wizards are constantly pressuring non-magical people to prove themselves or do they voluntarily create space for them in the name of inclusivity better governance that's a good question equality and i i think it would really depend maybe it's like um whichever way you go there's your story right yeah well you could do it like because i'm thinking now of like they would be trying to be supportive of any like industry or business that is supporting it's like a part of the uh magic value chain uh for lack of a better phrase uh so it's you know whoever's helping develop component parts you know if you need uh, a specific dust or like a powder that you make out of an ore then they're probably going to fund fact like mining and factories that help make that so any of the normal people that work in those are going to get preferential treatment over guys who are just i don't know bakers or uh, tailors or whatever other jobs exist that if the wizards don't care about it what if there's a limit you know conjuration magic let's say maybe is is a bit weaker mm-hmm. in this world just because hand wave it it doesn't yeah. matter why and so yes wizards can make their own clothing and food and things like that but they they can only make like plain white robes or they can only make bland tasting paste. And so mm-hmm. they required non-magical labor to make very, fi- you know, like the, yeah. the fineries yeah. and the good, the nice things in life to make like high-end haute cuisine or, or, or haute couture or anything like that. This isn't necessarily, I don't think this is sauce or I'm just taking, I'm cutting the spaghetti in half and putting it in a separate batch. Of- Apologies to all of our Italian listeners. <laughs> 
Kyle's very sorry. Uh, I'm very sorry. All right, I, I I'm adding uh, some linguine into the into the, the water. Um, so take the idea that they can only make white rubs or whatever, but change it up and say instead that it is a within this wizard culture in the city is like to rise up you need to have uh some sort of diplomatic skill and your ability to acquire to, to convince non-magical people to make you fine robes oh, is, is is a sign of you are a diplomat you are effective at in your people skills and not that you just have money because all the tailors are highly selective they're selective in their clientele and they'll only work with the wizard if the wizard proves to not be an asshole so if you just go in and you try to be like make me find robes damn yeah, it yeah, and, yeah. and they'll just be like no nah, i'm nah, good but if, you, but, bro. but if you can build a relationship and, and, and show that you are a diplomat then you can get those robes so then to ascend you the robes are not a sign of station they're a sign of personality uh, they're a sign I of your quality that. as a person and thus you can ascend yeah, that's great. And then you, because that gives the, the, the ability to define morality to those marginalized groups or in, by definition, less powerful groups because they don't have magic. So it gives them power. Yeah. And maybe that's it's... That's super fool. Ah, that's great. And the origin well done, of that, sir. you can flip it and say, like, you, you can do it either way. So you could say that the origin was some, the original uh, mage mayor was like, this is what we have to do. Like, I need you guys to to like build relationships with with the city yeah we're not gonna like not teach anybody how to make how to make fine robes we're gonna we're gonna make sure that it, it stays with the human wizards right or it could be that the tailors in the city started to just be like oh these guys really like the robes to be really nice but they're coming in a little too high and mighty and i need to bring them down a little bit so yeah. it was like a unionized effort by the tailors you could do it from, from top down or bottom up either I mean, way i love that idea and it always reminds me of um I have this kind of headcanon for D&D where for every, because for every primary caster class, right? Like be that a sorcerer or a cleric or a druid or a, or a wizard, you have a half caster yeah. that goes along with it. Either the paladin or the ranger or the artificer for that primary casting yeah. set. And so I have this idea where there are tiers of magic and so you know if you are a sorcerer you are or a wizard or a druid or potentially a cleric you're not necessarily going to be the most physically active because you're spending all of your time in pursuit of connecting with a deity communing with nature yeah working to understand bloodlines and trace magical bloodlines or pursuit of magical knowledge right so you've got you know if if say for example magic is genetic then you have wizards or magic users and non-magic users forming relationships and having children that become these half-casters. And so I love the idea of like a druidic order that is protected by a group of rangers. Uh, and yeah. they're just kind of there, like they're the guardians. That's what they do. So they're like a lot of them are, are the kids. Are the are, kids, yeah. Who are like, we're not as talented at the magic side as our parents, but right. uh, we still think this is pretty cool. And maybe some of the kids do become the full version of it, but plenty of them are like, no, we'll be protectors. Or if it's or if it's genetic, you don't even maybe they they physically can't become as powerful. Like yeah. there are, but because they have this non magic side, they have all these other skills. Yeah. And then you still have, and that's why the ranger, you know, has expertise. And again, this is all very D&D, but not as much as, say, a rogue. Yeah. And so the the non-magical 
side has the most skill yeah. of any. They are the most highly talented, the most physically oriented, right? And so it creates that inherent balance. I, I think, think that'd be kind of fun. I think I kind of have to just now talk about my uh, my own world because it's uh, you've basically just touched on it, um, which I, I don't think I've explained this to you before. Um, we're, we, have, we haven't started playing in this world yet, but here's a pretty big section of it. Uh, so there's a uh, it is a small, very constrained resource continent essentially mm-hmm. uh, and there is a druidic order that comes in basically it descends into anarchy after a cataclysmic event because there is no food there's no resources uh there is a druidic order that is basically discovered that is like living on a remote island mm-hmm. uh, and they're living well and they are convinced to come and help because they can create food so they, they come to create the food and to help instill some order to, to provide more resources that people will calm down but then a bunch of basically gangs and factions that have that are in, in control. Yeah. And one of them very astutely decides to be like, we, we don't need to be um, in control anymore. We will instead become the lackeys to these druids. We will be like, we will, we are their now enforcers without their permission. They just say, we're their enforcers now. And, and they become this big faction in and of themselves who are, who have basically become the biggest police force and the biggest, they, they claim a monopoly on violence because the people who are instilling order are these druids and they're and they're saying we're protecting the druids. Don't mess with with what they're doing. Sort of like the Hell's Angels, like we're just taking it upon ourselves, like at Woodstock, right? Like they just came and took it upon themselves the, to provide or to provide security, but knowing that the hippies weren't going to. <laughs> but but they were doing it because they were like, well, if we do that, then we are now in charge of every. We have beat all of our rivals. We will put our gangs in the in. That's, we'll put our rival gangs in the cool. dirt because we will be the only people who are allowed to do it anymore. So because we are siding with the people who are the future. I dig it. And then over time, they become rangers because the druids start teaching them. Uh, Druidic magic. magic. And they just start absorbing it because they are protecting them and they are around them. And, and it's a very tenuous relationship that no one really understands, like whether or not they actually like each other or not. But it doesn't really matter. But they, they kind of seize the opportunity to get in good or get in somehow, good or not, yeah. with these new wizards who are who are in control of the city. And then they learn over time and then they evolve and then they are now an, an official part of the city and they become a much more powerful entity than they ever would have been if they had just let the gang violence continue. So I'm going to take this idea and again from a very uh, applying like a real world problem yeah. onto it is magic users have the ability to inst- often instill mobility and utility into non-sentient things we've got and and, yeah. and we haven't we have a whole episode planned on um like automatons and uh homunculi and like the, the creating non uh, non-living support creatures but so you've got these people who like you said they've become the rangers right and they have this relationship and then suddenly what if the druids figure out like oh well we can just animate rock to do this we don't need you anymore or we can create plant soldiers oh yeah and basically they can just automate it right like or think in in the wizard example right like you've got uh, a a city where the police force are all your world's equivalent of artificers right where they use their magical knowledge to arm themselves you've got armors artillerists alchemists right like and they are sort of the police and then the the wizards figure out oh shit well i just made a golem and now you're unemployed and unnecessary okay some sauce what if you could even bypass the automaton they just mind control the whole city they just say every single citizen here we don't really need you to have free will we're good we're just going to take control of your bodies 
and then they just become they basically enslave an entire city okay. which i think is done i think there's like that's very um red wizards of thay maybe it's very, um, but there's also a a good rick and morty uh, episode about it with unity with a with a parasitic hive mind mm. that takes over entire planets and instills yeah. order yeah so maybe like you could do that and, or, or you could yeah like if depending on how far they're willing to go and what their motivations are seizing control by animating things to uh, benefit them or just shutting down the ability of the society to function is an option. It is. It's one though that I think from a storytelling and even like it of course it's always possible in world building, but to me that's one of those things that's sort of like the big red button because once you go there, yeah, you can't really go back. You can't go back, Ooh, right? Like or. it limits your mobility, but I do like the idea of having a society that say for example is very hydrophobic and terrified of water because they know that wizards use water to scry. And so they're terrified of, like, bringing water into the house because then what – how do you de- – and, and kind of the, the mechanics and, and implications of dealing with that, right? Like, so, so take your idea of wizards being nefarious and using their powers for ill, but take it just one step lower. Don't go full, we're controlling everyone because then it's – Well, two things. One, uh, you basically – with the hydrophobic thing, is like just – you can instu- institute any version of kryptonite and you've got an interesting uh, counterbalance. Yeah. It's just what are the wizards uh, afraid of? What is their their greatest weakness? And just make that a part of it. And you can look to literally any Superman story for how to for inspiration for that. Yeah, I do want to. I think hydrophobia is a really cool idea of like the wizards are afraid of like a really mundane thing, or they're afraid of like they don't know how to cook, so like yeah. they need you to cook or whatever. But you said it's a big red button. Once you hit it, you can't go back. But what if you did? Hmm. What if this? What if the, the whole story is that this is a world where they hit the big red button? And it was unpressed somehow by somebody. And what happens then hmm. is how do you clean up the mess of you seized control of an entire society or an entire city through magical means and then you freed them and how do people react? Do they go berserk? Are they confused? Because you, if you do like basically like... Um, do you watch Westworld? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it, kind of, it kind of what touches on that. Kind of Westworld, bit. but... That's uh, one angle it could go. Yeah, but less confusing than yeah. Westworld. It could be interesting for a world if it's essentially like take the um, the blip, the Thanos snap, mm. but it's everybody's still alive. It's just there's a time gap in everyone's memory because all of a sudden you skip forward three years and you are yeah. still like you have aged three years, right. but you don't remember it. Right. Everybody else has aged three years and doesn't remember what, what just happened. And how do people process like and some people died from natural causes, but it yeah. wasn't like there was like a mass uh, physical damage, yeah. but th- you've now seen the city completely change in three years. Maybe that's how how it becomes a magical city. The wizards do that because they don't want to deal with the like the protest and the fight back sure. against them doing making dramatic a magical city, making a magical city. So they just basically black everybody out for a year and a half, do a fuck ton of construction and a, and a bunch of changes, and then they wake up and they're all of a sudden in this like mega city of the future that everything is floating utopic environment they don't have to worry about food or resources everything's magically generated for them with like a push of a button and then it's like you you, like we have talked uh like we like the idea of how do we make utopia actually interesting yeah and it's like well utopia that people didn't know was coming right and it just happens all forced on them and it's like super sudden and how do you adjust from like we were this like industrial revolution era birmingham where everything was like dirty and gross and now all of a sudden we are living in this like oppressive amazing city 
Yeah, Birmingham was like a was a, like a hub of the Industrial Revolution in the UK. Oh, Did you know that? Know. Yeah. Well, anyway. I was imagining Birmingham, Alabama. I was like, I don't think that existed. Birmingham yeah. of, <laughs> of the West Midlands of the United Kingdom. That one. Um, Makes more sense now. Yeah. But so you just like transform overnight and then how do people react? Because it's like, it's the shock. Yeah. I think that could be really fun. It's a great way to play with the morality of it too, because that is one thing that comes up in conversations about utopia is how do you deal with the morality of it, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, people are just forced to accept it because yeah. the utilitarian good is so clearly abundant. It's like, yes, but you had to sacrifice a lot, your, a lot, three years of your life and autonomy and freedom and individuality. And then, so you say you have, um, bring back like gang leaders or something like you have like a uh, organized crime. You have in, in your factions that have their own little fiefdom within this city. And all of a sudden that is no longer relevant. And they have lost all of that power that they had. Uh, that is like all they value because yeah. the wizards just eliminated that neighborhood or they made it. So like everybody has like everything they ever need. So nobody needs to come to these, these crime guys anymore for anything because huh. you're like, well, we have everything. What are you, what, what, what are right. you? And also the wizards could just murder you really fast. Yeah. So you are worthless. And then that tension of what, like this underground crime ring now probably trying to fight back and, and make the city dirtier again, or do they give in? I don't know. It makes me go to, it makes me start thinking about healthcare actually. Because let's say, for example, that, you know, underground crime rings in Prohibition, it was alcohol, right? In, and, you know, now it's, it's, it's drugs, right? And, yeah. and weapons and materiality. But if you're living in a, in, a, in, in a utopic society, you don't have need, do you have need for drugs or alcohol still? Maybe, but what if there is, there, you know, the, the, the wizards have advanced healthcare so much that, yes, you can be... You, there are still drugs, but every every drug is legal yeah. because of the magic. Nothing is addictive, so you yeah. can do as much heroin as you like and still not be addicted. Maybe right or like it yeah. cures you. You can be cured of your addiction immediately, or or there's it, it. But it makes me start thinking of how do we how do we circumvent their need to provide something illicit that society normally would. Okay, uh, very relevant noodles. Um, you now have a society where there's one thing that everybody's craving. It's the magic. Yeah. And, and you know who controls the magic? All the wizards. You know who doesn't have magic? Everybody else. Right. Organized crime is sprouts out of a couple wizards who are like, this isn't as fun. I don't like this as much. Who want to sow chaos. Whatever their motivation yeah, is, yeah. they start black market dealing in wizard, in like wizard shit. That's so, cool. So it's like, oh, you, you, like spell scrolls yeah. become the thing people are buying on the black market. They're they are seeking. They're like, oh man, if I can go get like people, drugs are no longer important. It's, right. I it's want magic. I want the high of I want to be able to levitate. It's Willow in uh in season six of Buffy. All over my head. Um, Never saw Buffy. She gets addicted to magic. It's uh, to dark magic. It's awesome. Yeah, but imagine doing it with with light magic. Just yeah. like I just want to float. I want to fly. I want to. I want to shoot fire out of my fingers. People just want that feeling. And they know they are not magical inherently themselves, but they can use it briefly. So you have these underground dens people go to where yeah. they like can, uh, they like have like a board that's just like all the spells on tap today. And you just, and you're like, I'll, I'll take uh, two fire bolts, please. And then you like, and then you get to just go into like a, like a, like a shooting range essentially where you just yeah. get to shoot some fire, fire bolts out of your fingers and just, and get to like feel that rush of like, that's Holy shit. Cool. I'm, I'm a God. 
And then, uh, you know, you just do that over and over again. They're selling the magic on the black market. So one of the some sauce on that. One of the reasons why I think it's a, it's such a shame that Lex Luthor is such a misunderstood character because for in so many movies, because in the comics, his primary goal, the reason he hates Superman is often because he thinks that he is taking away humanity's need or ability to be strong on their own terms Mm, and to solve their own problems. And so his concern is that Superman's very presence will make humanity weaker. Yeah. And so I'm imagining now in this world, you've got maybe they're maybe they're community organizers, maybe they're freedom fighters, maybe they're just underground crime rings or sort of like the Matrix where you're trying they're going around trying to convince people to unplug and yeah. come live a magic-free world. Don't lean on the magic. Come find your own. So kind of leaning back into that idea that I was talking about earlier, where the less magic you had, the more physically capable you were. Yeah. And just lean. You know, come find your strength. Find your find your your free strength yeah. without without leaning on magic. You don't which, need that. Which is like use a, your mind. Use your yeah. Use your body. Which is a frequent. Um, argument or debate or complaint in the modern world about people relying on technology or others be like well why don't you learn how to do some of these things around your house yourself why don't you learn how to i mean uh, i can't drive stick learning how to uh repair things around your home and like because you can also save money that way and that kind of thing like Mm -hmm. that's a modern day debate and yet you can apply that to a magical world with ease if you make things a little too good you also remove the critical thinking and the ability of that of that society to uh, to be sustained because they will be uh, coddled into being inept at things. Yep. If, they, if it's no longer that they have to, you've outsourced. You've outsourced it to a thing that is not the institutional me- memory. Is is a thing that is ethereal. Yeah, it is not like you can't be like, hey, magic out there floating above us. Can you come down here and like run things? Eventually, yeah. you need if the people who are in charge of the magic are gone then everybody's forgotten all the other skills too definitely so like you can't rely on and, and maybe so maybe like if it's if the wizards are smart go back to like the whole get the tailors to make your, your robes thing because you, you need the diplomacy skills mm-hmm. the these uh the mage mayor could be saying which is the title i'm giving the, the head of the city and yeah, i think you didn't notice uh the mage mayor could just say we don't want any skills we want we want to make sure that all the tradesmen every skill is still happening because we don't want the society to to erode we don't want them to lose their ability to function because if that happens they're too reliant on us yeah. and then it's a burden on us and we can't pursue other things because they still want to pursue other things the sure. power differential is there no matter what they have right. fucking magic they could just kill everybody if they yeah. wanted to palpatine they, lightning hands yeah they don't need like they, they don't really need to remind people of that but they still want people to have that very lex luther like we want you to retain your strength because we don't want to have but we it's because they're like well we don't want the burden of it yeah we want you to be self-sustaining it's like uh you know it's parenting they're they're like eventually you need to grow up and we don't want to be like we, we don't want you living in our basement forever so it, it could be kind of that angle let me throw some sauce on that and say what if magic again assuming it's a genetic trait somehow and then suddenly they realize over time that there are fewer and fewer wizards being born. Japan. And so now you've got an entire city with a dwindling wizard population. Wizard population. Ooh. 
that's not going to be able to, and it, it the city exists is predicated on the presence of wizards without wizards it can't work this and so suddenly idea. they're freaking out like oh shit what are we going to do what's going to happen to this city this this sprawling metropolis without us and you're already starting to see signs of decay as they don't have enough magic to support the 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 maglev trains or the 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 self-cleaning streets anymore yeah. and so suddenly you have to start thinking through all these urban development questions of transportation and sewage and garbage disposal yeah. and and it's, and 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 you know it's very uh, reminiscent of the the elves are uh fleeing to the west uh because the world is becoming in lord of the rings yeah uh, and they're running out of elves and magic and yeah. in, in the world if there's an impending doomsday and the and the mages know mm. and they're panicked That's cool. but they're not telling anybody else like this is the perfect setup to um a pre-cataclysmic story of you're trying to reverse it you're trying to prevent this cataclysm yeah. prevent this apocalyptic event potentially because in this scenario I, i'm assuming in your in, in this hypothetical that the the, the society doesn't have the skills to just immediately take over and be like, okay, well we we'll just um we'll just get horses out here instead of the trains. We will uh we'll get people to clean the streets. We will uh, find our own way to get food. Like they will, they don't have the immediate ability to yeah. to reclaim. Well, because they've been depending on this exactly. magic for so long. Yeah, they have so no like, skills. They can't do the the immediate transition to yeah. the manual side of things. So they know it's going to be a, a real uh, bumpy ride. Uh, and that in and of itself just creates such a interesting tension. But they're not; they don't want to cause panics. They don't tell anybody. I, I'm, it's a great. It's a great climate change. I, Green New Deal. I, I swear to God, this story's been thing. told like yeah. in other versions, and I'm like, I'm imagining this. Or I'm like, I know I've seen this version of it's a story. Similar, it reminds me of uh, Don't Look Up. I hate that movie. I it was it was too depressing. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. I, I, I well done in its depressing. Yeah, but I did see an interesting note from a film criticism that I was like, "That's a very good point" because it's supposed to be a, like analogous to climate change, but right. they're but they're acting like this is a one singular event you can reverse with one decision. Right. But you're like, no, climate change is a long term problem that has been caused and needs to be fixed by many good decisions, not one good decision. Right. And I was That's like, fair. that is, it, they were oversimplifying climate change, but well, they did it for storytelling. Purposes. Yeah, they did it for it would be probably a little, pretty boring if it was like, let's just talk about, let's just fictionalize climate change for right. a while. Um, but, yeah. but but this would be a good way to do it because you would have to go into the multitudes of those decisions, and it's the continually bad decisions that are being covered up, right? Uh, or that are, or maybe it's not even bad decisions. It's just default decisions because there's so few wizards now, and that they're like, they can't. So, like, we're talking about like they're running out of magic, but it could also just be that uh, they're running out of, like, energy and because they're just they're all really tired and there's so few of them to do the upkeep required of the whole city is mm. taking a lot out of them. And they're just they physically can't do it all or they start making huge mistakes because they are doing it all. They're, they're not sleeping yeah. and they're making huge mistakes and fucking things up oh, because cool. they're, they're in a panic trying to be like, we can save it. We, we can we can make this work. And they're not being like. They're being neglectful in a way by not b being truthful, but they're yeah. trying really hard to keep it together. And they're like, they accidentally keep derailing the, the trains because they fucked up the yeah. rune repair or the streets start to break because they accidentally did a rune that was instead of cleaning, it was destruction. So it just like all of a sudden there's like a huge uh, sinkhole in the middle of the city. That's cool. Like, like you could just have them start making mistakes that are innocent or that, but they are the byproduct of them running out of the magic. 
I love that. I think that's super cool. Yeah, we might be running out of. Uh, I think sauce this bowl's on, are, but the I, apple is empty. Yeah, but but I do have a new bowl though, and okay. I was thinking about it because we were. I was talking a little bit. A lot of these were sort of envisioning, for discussion's sake, let's uh, differentiate magic uh, in the way that D and D does, where you have arcane, primal, and divine. A lot of these conversations have varied around primal, like nature magic or arcane. Arcane. Yeah. Let's imagine a city run by divine magic. Yeah. You know, a a theocracy, um, a theopolis. Yeah, um, but a, theo- a theocratic majocracy, like yeah, as opposed because yeah. well, assuming theocracy is a real thing in in the modern world, and that's just religious rather than religious magic. Yeah, rather than religious magic. So yeah, yeah I got to in- include the little magic. Fair, fair. But so let's talk about that very specifically. You know, assuming there are religious leaders that are granted divine powers by their gods, which exist, and you have cities then. How would that, you know, divine magic is always much more focused on healing and, you know, support magic, white magic, rather than destruction or, or arcane. So I imagine in these cities, healthcare would be a thing of the past in that you just have yeah. clerics and, and, and priests that can heal anything from a, a splinter to cancer at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um Architecture-wise, you can see it being much more grand, much more depending on the nature of the religion, or it could be much yeah. more Spartan if it's a you know a minimalist religion. But what what would it look like if if they were in charge? Yeah, population growth, insane population growth. You eliminate nice. disease, and in, in, in you know it's like look at the um, I forget the exact term, but it's like the stages of population growth. We, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we start with high birth, high death, and then eventually over time death starts falling but birth rates haven't adjusted right in this situation you'd have the same situation where you'd have a huge spike in population growth to like 20th century levels almost like you know because people all of a sudden aren't dying and it depends on on the needs if you need people to like uh if you need children to help manage your farm or whatever but if you're you're gonna have a lot of population growth because people won't be dying right i'm then thinking of you'll probably be able to extend life a lot longer through like a healing magic mm-hmm. and so say you have you have these divine magic users who are doing that and then you have a you have a inherent conflict because all you need is one cult or one god that says that's an abomination and and people need to be dying natural deaths and we need to stop preventing the natural deaths that is the way of the world they're supposed to go we aren't supposed to heal them at that state and then you have an inherent conflict of like essentially a terrorist organization that is like stop healing people they're supposed to die that's the order flip it so you are assuming that they would you that there is value on staying alive but if you are a highly religious society you maybe want to kill people no you would pr- I'm, I'm imagining a world where you are much more actually comfortable with death because yeah. you know that there's an yeah. afterlife, you know the deity is real, and so you you feel much more comfortable. You know, there's they're in a better place. Literally, we've seen it. We know it exists. They're literally in a better place, and we can commune with them still. Yeah. So we're not as afraid of death, but yeah. then maybe there is one religion that is because they have a very, you know, the of, of their 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 version of the afterlife. Is, is scary and, is terrifying yeah. and so they do 
And so then you've got this one religion that does have this population growth. And so they're kind of expanding and expanding and expanding, whereas everyone else is much more comfortable, much more in, in sort of a cosmic equilibrium with the world. Yeah. And yeah. so they're taking over different parts of the city, right? Like you could play with it different ways. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I have plenty of thoughts on that, but I don't want to move us too far from the city of wizards. So yeah. uh, I think that's such a cool idea. Cause you like, basically what happens whenever people, life and death becomes a, a huge yeah. topic of debate in a city and whether or not people should be alive, whether or not people yeah. be dead. And it, that's your neighbors. That is yeah. uh, like temples being built and erected to death and to life and yeah. whatever you can, you can create that inherent tension on the city streets of yeah. those debates, yeah. uh, which just like look at any country with uh, contentious political divides where they're na- between neighbors, right? Um, you know, look at America full stop. Yeah. Um, just end of sentence. Or just like, like, uh, election signs like people put mm-hmm. fucking yard signs in their in their yard like like that's gonna affect the election in any way shape or form and is totally dumb um for presidential elections for like for like local it makes sense but whatever i that, that, that's an aside um but you could do that like people are um trying to spread the word so there's people are like say the um the people who believe that we should avoid death yeah they are building idols all over the city they're building temples they're building stuff they're trying to they're proselytizing in every way shape or form they can or maybe they are sneaking in and administering care to people who are near death because they're and we talked this in, in, in our Sassus episode yeah, about the euthanizers reverse too, the yeah. euthanizers yeah, yeah, yeah. they are they are the life extenders they um, are going in and they are they are treating people who the are hypocrites yeah the, <laughs> the hypocrites Shout out to my boy Hippocrates. Um, they are going in and treating the people who are going to die to extend their life against their will, huh. because they're like because they don't want to feed the god of death or whatever. Yeah, because like that's super fun. Or I love that. That's great. Or you, or you could have it be that like it's like, it, it's like in the the beginning of the Incredibles, it's uh, the guy that sues Mister Incredible. It's like you didn't save my life, you ruined my death. Oh yeah, that, that's a <laughs> that's an interesting uh, notion. Yeah. I haven't actually. Seen, I, I've seen Incredibles once when I was a kid, and I haven't seen it since. Oh, um, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, all the Pixar movies are so good, but I just like, I don't watch them very often. Um, no. When I do, I'm like, oh, that was a good movie, and then I'm like, moving on. Um, I want to get back to the city itself and the workings of the city. Yeah. So let's say, the, how do we like? What other workings of the city could we do where it's divine magic? Run. I think nature magic we've covered. We've also, covered we've covered magic. that in like almost every episode we've ever yeah. talked about. Topography really episode like is druids. full of that. We're sorry, uh, folks. We really, really like druids. Yeah. If, if you want to understand how, how we think about a nature magic city, listen to the topography episode because I think we get a little bit of those tastes in there as well because we, a lot of it's terraforming at 100%. the end of the day. Arcane magic, we, we kind of hit. But what we're if, doing, I love in the divine world the idea of um, you have build on the idea of kind of a televangelist. Where, you know, they don't have arcane magic in in that they don't necessarily have seeing stones or sending stones or anything like that. But you do have religious leaders who are very good at using their voice. And so they just, whenever there's a proclamation that needs to be made, you just have priests or clerics walking around with booming voices, communicating loudly and shouting and like rattling windows and things like that, just with their voice, just to communicate, right? I yeah. think that is one simple one simple way of doing it. And you and you hear that and there are there are versions of that in the real world where 
you have in in Muslim countries, you have the call to prayer. Yeah. And that's loud and broadcast. Yeah. Um, some noodles. What if instead of about it's not about the priests or the 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 clergy themselves, they represent gods, hmm. say for a high holiday, they commune with the gods, they and one of the gods manifests in the city. This is a calling card of the city. They are famed for the connection with the gods, and the gods literally show up on a high holiday, and like they are this, you know, they are the size of the city and float above it, and they like cast upon everybody a big blessing, and everybody feels that sense of like they they can tell they were touched by a god, yeah. and then the god disappears, and they be, they build up a reputation, and it kind of like immunizes them to criticism hmm. be like we clearly have a connection with a real god this god comes to us and you've all seen it this happens every year or several times a year whatever it could be multiple gods hmm. however but they they are able to manifest the gods in the city as a way to assert control and as a as a way to potentially you know back to televangelists hmm. they aren't doing anything that's good they aren't helping people they are stingy they're greedy or whatever and they they, they, they gloss over the reality of it by by just being loud and being impressive or whatever. Right. So you could have these gods be like, basically they're glossing over the fact that the city's not being run well, hmm. that these clergy are corrupt, that they're doing a bad job or that they're just inept. Like they could just be like, this is all they're working That's on. Great. And they're forgetting that they need to run the city. Cause it, right. it could be a very innocent thing of they're so focused on being like our connection with the gods and they got to make the gods show up and they do all this communing with the gods and then they're like but dude nothing else matters like the roads but are completely literally broken. nothing else matters yeah, to nothing them. And else why ma- would and if god is real like that if your gods are real then why would it matter yeah then you're there the, and 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 that is a and that gets into the afterlife a little bit more where your your mortal your or a city's relationship with the a city as an expression of a culture's religion relation with the afterlife if you know that there's something good coming at the end why care about mortal yeah. matters at all? Which is a, a a common thing in modern religion too. Is yeah. real religion. When I don't, I, yeah, or, it could. It could I, I think that's a much more interesting. I think we hit on something where when you have you know n- nature, and an, uh, a city governed by nature magic. You, you we've we've covered you sort of have a sense for it where everything is written into the code of el- either elements or the natural world stone water ice giant tree etc arcane is a magical version of a scientific utopia right like a city run by or governed by divine magic users there isn't an archetype for it in the same way Not because really, it yeah. de- depends so much on what are the tenets of that faith and what are those gods and what are those gods that's really that's very cool so you could have an entire city cities that are completely different from each other yeah and still still run and still have divine magic be present there but they're just totally different so i want to uh we've talked about animism Mm -hmm. in the past and just like the idea that there's gods there's deities everywhere Mm -hmm. i like the idea of like it it totally depends on the city and you, you could have multiple cities all built in the same basic vicinity, mm. but they are run on the divine magic of the animistic gods that exist in that specific location. So you've got cities that are nearby each other and one is really good and one is just like a swampy mess because it's literally there's like a god there that is just sad mm. and just like doesn't like doesn't help or whatever. Like the you could because you could have small scale gods of everything you could say we have a god of uh, this mountain 
who is who really likes sliding people up and down the mountain. So yeah. it's basically just like, like like one big escalator, and it's just freewheeling, and he's having a great time. And like I love, it. and all they did, all they did like physically seeing these guys. Yeah, like, I'm imagining like there's a guy who's like, who's like there's a like a giant entity who's like looking like a DJ sitting yeah, on the side yeah, of this yeah, mountain, yeah. moving it up and down, being like boop boop boop, <laughs> and like well and. Imagine a DJ, and that's what I'm doing right now. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. But like moving people up and down this yep, mountain—that's <laughs> a pretty good DJ sound. Uh, but doing that with a with a mountain to so move people up and down, and he's really into it. And so they had this really like dynamic, interesting kind of fun vibe yeah. in this city that is also like their economy is booming because he's moving like ore down. Like he's like, oh, I found some diamonds in the mountain. Here we go, shooting them down. Everybody right. clear out and just right. launches a bunch down this escalator of the mountain side. Yeah. So like like you've got that kind of thing. Then you have like the guy who's you have the god of like this like waterfall who is uh people just walk up and he has a bucket like he just he's just got buckets ready yeah uh, he just like shoots a little but like uh streams into people's mouths from afar just like making sure everyone's hydro like he's a, he's a hydro homie just yeah, like yeah, yeah. just doing doing his, his thing but then you have and a he city works with the boatman who's the river deity who just like pulls people up and down the river just on his raft and that's that's the river spirit exactly yeah because you like you can think of these as spirits or gods either way yeah but then, like, you go 25 miles away. There's a separate city. And there's a god who is – it's a bit more like a plain city. So there's, like, yeah. there's like like one big hill with, like, a nice tree on it. And, and there's, like, an effective god there, like, the spirit of this tree. And very calm and very helpful and very smart. But then it's just, like, these this plain god who is in charge of this whole plane. Mm-hmm. He, he does not have time for just this one city. He's like, this plane is – 400 miles long right. i i don't have time for this so he's like he's never there he's not very helpful uh but they put a city here and like there's a river there but the river could either be the same thing or it could be the, the rivers become polluted for some reason and so the, and so the god's becoming slow and he, or he's going he's going crazy mm. he's becoming mad because it's too big it's too much and he's just overwhelmed no because the pollution is fucking with him his uh oh very um chemicals uh princess mononoke yeah sure like uh but like it's interfering with his ability to be to make decisions because you're poisoning him yeah slowly you know and and that could be an offshoot of of the the mountain deity dumping stuff down the, the mountain i don't know yeah. it could be anything but then so you have a city here who's in a city developing because of the resources that the the mountain spirit is put is making available yeah so basically like if, if spirits are the ones who are running the large institutions and the large especially from a resource perspective because it's yeah. hard for them to be in charge of like institutions they're they're the resources usually but what if you have like a uh, the god of order and yeah. the god of order just comes down and is like i am i'm in charge yeah i'm just gonna stop it or he picks I a champion really and like is like brutalist architecture and like this is my champion he's in charge of the city uh whatever he says that's that is that's my word and and he d- proclaims that to the whole city he shows up physically and says hey guys this is george george is in charge george has my blessing Whatever he says, that's for me. All right, I'm out. And he leaves. And then George is now in charge and then has the the authority to do whatever he wants. Just because a champion is designated, and this is a very common trope, but just because a champion is designated by a god does not necessarily mean that they have the perfect morality of a deity. Or that if you're dealing in a world where deities are more human, then you even a deity's morality isn't perfect. So George could be acting with the morality of the, of the deity of order, but that doesn't mean it's quote unquote good. Yeah. You can't ascribe value judgments to that. I think we've covered enough. Uh, we have plenty of more ideas on this topic, but let's, let's, let's take a stop there. Uh, so what's stuck for you in this? Ooh, 
I really like the idea of the reverse magicking of a city where you've got wizards that are either dying out or they know there's a yeah. the end of magic coming and they have to figure out how to reverse engineer society from a utopic state of living in a magical city. Yeah. I think that's really fun and and really compelling from a storytelling perspective. But that's bigger, like that's up there with the 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 city of many faiths um yeah. as as more of a setting a plot device from a me- mechanism. I'm super into the idea of it 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 hinges on magic being um hereditary. But I'm super into the idea of a magic city that is that has very, you know, when we think of caste structures, they're typically very hierarchical. Mm-hmm. But in this world, you can see it as being much more flat, where yeah. you go from like the wizard to the artificer to the rogue. Yeah. And you have like those degrees of people magic. living in the world and the degrees of magic and everyone. Fi- it's, it's a very yeah. platonic. It's the spectrum from... Uh physically capable to magically capable yeah. and where do you fall on that spectrum and that kind of determines your place in society yeah exactly yeah. and it's it's a very platonic idea yeah. of everyone being born for a specific thing but i think from i think for a a how do you reconcile a magical city being governed by magic users that's a very cool way of doing it yeah okay. that and um the very first idea of room streets that are self-cleaning pretty fun that's fun the coming apocalypse of the magic's running out i think that's so cool i love that idea yeah um that that's my number one thing that stuck i really enjoy the black market magic idea that's great when when there's a power shift and what does organized crime do whenever they still they have the brains of an organized crime ring but they, they no longer have the resources or the capability then they might be dealing in black magic or just in magic mundane magic but black yeah. magic black market um i like that a lot and then, and then the, the the Lex Luthor thing. That's a that's a fun again flipping of the idea of everyone always wants magic and no 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 give up this magic like yeah this is not good for you yeah I really like that I also I really like the idea of the diplomacy test for wizards to be like you yeah. can't you can't just be an arrogant prick you've got to make people like you so please go make get go get robes that prove that you are able to talk to people yeah otherwise you won't be promoted you'll just be stuck as like this. A tortured genius who's too good at magic but doesn't know how to communicate it's interesting that and i think this is kind of embedded in the idea right that a magic city you can hand wave everything it's like oh what about sanitation oh well i mean jk rowling was like oh yeah they just pooped anywhere and then they magicked it away it's like oh that's crappy storytelling but like you do have that ability and so for us to be able to, it's interesting that we, knowing that that hand-waving was sort of there, we went immediately to all these socioeconomic demographic questions. I just thought that was interesting. All right. That's what's stuck for us. Let us know what's stuck for you. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye. Goodbye.